Welcome to another episode of Jane Ross Talk Shit. I'm Ross. I'm Jay. Uh, today we, we just picked out a couple topics uh, that kind of interested us, and that's about all. Like, just three things, right? I think. It was kind of yeah. a weird week. Yeah, just kind of yeah. taking it easy. Like, there's a lot of really weird, controversial, uncomfortable stuff that right. I'm kind of done. Like, I've, I feel done talking about this. Stuff right? A it's bit. a bunch of topics that, like, all our conversation would be like, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. Like, and that would be it. Duger <laughs> and the... Yeah. So. Yeah, so... Uh, Want to talk about happy stuff? Oh, I guess not even really happy. Is it happy? Um, the first one we had, the Letter- yeah, David Letterman's yeah. final episode, the, it's, you know, it's bittersweet. Bittersweet. It's like he's had a hell of a career and a legacy. He's definitely old enough to retire, but right. uh, his final episode was up. Uh, you haven't got a chance no, to check I it out. No, I haven't got a chance. It's, it's not like... Uh, especially memorable final episode. Like oh, really? they've got some nice little montages of some of his best moments and stuff. Like uh, they they had one of him dealing with kids, which is always hilarious. And <laughs> one from uh, when he was at a Taco Bell drive-through, uh, pretending to be the guy and just messing with people. That was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, some you know s- stupid stupid human trick and like kids with science stuff. Yeah. And, they had a top ten list with like a lot of famous people who've been on the show a lot, so mm. like Jerry Seinfeld and a- a- uh, Alec Baldwin and Tina Fey, and and the Foo Fighters performed "Everlong" as the fi- as the song because that was that was the, the song they did for him uh, when he had his heart surgery fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. and like he's been really close with them since and really wanted him to play. So it was it was nice, but it wasn't you know like oh yeah I mean it's it's a weird final episode because it's not a continuing story so, right well you know. yeah it's always weird with a variety show right but, but there wasn't like a moment that I thought was like something that was really gonna remind you of the end of the show it was just like okay we've kind of checked out a little while ago like Dave Dave's been kind of you know just rolling with it for a few years now at this point like it's just what he does right and so it's it's not like they came up with like special segments or uh, really like did that much it was just you know top 10 list musical guest and some you know flashes and he also thanked the crew like a lot and really put a lot on them and uh, all the viewers and yeah he seemed like genuinely touched by some of the stuff, which is nice. Well, that's cool. You don't really always see that, uh, David Letterman. He always he always has kind of like a sarcastic removal from yeah. everything, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah. I, I wanted to see the Norm McDonald. I heard Norm McDonald was really good on it, uh, like the week before. Yeah, I think he was before. I haven't seen I, that either. I want to see that more than I want to see the last <laughs> episode. Yeah, because it's interesting. Because like, I mean, I've always liked Norm McDonald, and Norm McDonald kind of. Like, his career kind of t- took off a little bit because he had the Letterman sketch on SNL that was so popular for a while. Yeah. Because he did, like, an impersonation that was just ridiculous. <laughs> and, like, right. <laughs> like, fucking, like, oh, calm down. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I always liked Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald like, was the man. He, I, I, like, I like his anti-humor sometimes, too, or, like, where he purposely just does dumb stuff. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> what? which roast was it that he just read off the worst collection of jokes. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. Oh. Yeah, a Bob Saget. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. None of it is like, like, they're all just horrible, horrible jokes that are intentionally bad that he like tries to sell and <laughs> everybody just lo- lost it. <laughs> like it's, it was all in just the way he told it. <laughs> But yeah, I, I didn't see that. Uh, Bill Murray showed up, you know, in yeah. the final one. But, like, none of them were, like, official guests. Oh. There wasn't a guest for the final episode. It was just that top ten list of different people with, like, Chris Rock and Peyton Manning and stuff. <laughs> like, Dave, Dave Lerman was, like, really surprised and excited to see Peyton Manning, of all people. Just like, <laughs> Peyton Manning! Holy cow! <laughs> just, like, went up to see him and can't believe you're here <laughs> but yeah I, letterman's like a really influential figure for so many comics sure and like looking at twitter that day it was just so many people i follow or comedians i follow and like were talking about what an influence he is and yeah nice i, I think oh yeah i guess he would probably be our parents johnny carson i would assume um i mean and johnny like you know johnny carson was you on think? TV, yeah, yeah, when there. But Letter Letterman started in 
82. Yeah, 82. So, I mean... So our, parent, our parents were like 20, 25? Yeah. So. Yeah, so they had both. But, oh, okay. But, I mean, Carson... Carson was... Carson was a big deal. But Letterman was much more of a subversive host than, like, Carson. Like, he was much weirder and he did a lot... Mm-hmm. Took a lot more risks. Like, Carson was very much... It was, it was about his charm and his style right. and, like, his back and forth with the guests... And Lerman has that to a degree, but it's not the same. Like, yeah. he's, there's always that slight removal or that slight, like, I don't know, absurd. Like, his sketches are always absurd. Or they're not even sketches a lot of the time. They're just weird concepts. <laughs> like, uh, like will it float just being something that's such a stupid little thing. Like, just seeing if something floats, but then making it, like, a spectacle. So, like, they have, like, girl, dancing girls and sparks and shit all around just to see if something will float. And, and uh, I, like, I like the way he incorporated all his, like, crew people into the show. So, you know, you'd see Biff all the time, or Alan Coulter, his announcer, would have little bits and get to say just the stupidest shit. Nice. And, yeah. It, so who do you think is going to be the new king of late night, then? I, I don't know if there is going to be a king you don't think of late so? night. I don't think I think late night's kind of dead aside from like being a method of producing web content. Mm. Like almost everything you see now is just it went viral online. Yeah. I don't think people our age and even like 10 years older are really watching a lot of late night programming. Well, yeah, I mean it's so. it's all 30 and above. Yeah, at, at least the, thirty. At the like, th- yeah. yeah, thirty is even young for late night these days. That's probably, yeah, probably, I don't know. I, I still like Conan. Yeah, I I like Conan too. And like, as much as it sucks that he's not, uh, they didn't get to keep late night. Like, I think his current show is more suited towards him. Like, mm-hmm. he can get away with so much more than he could if he was like the official late night host. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, just all his segments where he goes out with a celebrity and just messes with regular people yeah. it's always really funny and yeah. like his uh honest gamer i don't know if you've watched mm-hmm. many of those there it's just him and one of his like I, f- I forget who it is someone else who works on the show playing video games together and like uh he does not play video games mm-hmm. like Conor o'brien doesn't uh, he doesn't know how to play he doesn't but he's hilarious like he's so good at just riffing on whatever it is on it uh, the Witcher 3 came out just just last week. It's supposed to be one of the best games in years, and I can't play it because I bought it for PC and my computer's fucking up. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, he did a bit on that when it was still an alpha where it just turned into him trying to have sex with people. <laughs> it's like, it's something that can happen in the game, so it was just it, like his adamant <laughs> journey to have sex with somebody, and <laughs> it's it's really funny. His one on Tomb Raider is really good too. Yeah. Just like his shock at her death scene, and what like she at one point he gets her head impaled on something. He's like, "Oh my god!" And like, what the hell just happened? But <laughs> he's been re- <laughs> he's been really good. Uh, it, I I don't, but again, like I don't watch a show live. Like I see segments when they're funny or they go viral and stuff. Yeah, but really, I kind of do that too. Yeah, you're right. And I I mean his ratings are obviously nowhere near anyone on network TV since he's on TBS and like nobody really watches TBS for much. Right. You watch Friends reruns. You, right. It's, it's, it's like, a rerun channel yeah. except for Conan really. And uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess I guess Jimmy Fallon's doing pretty well. Mm. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Stephen Colbert does mm-hmm. once they're head to head. Right. But uh, yeah. Uh, and Kimmel. Yeah, and Kimmel Kimmel has a bunch of like viral segments, and he has a lot of fun bits. But yeah. Again, I, I when just they, like when never they read, when they read like nasty tweets. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I, apparently, some of the later ones they kind of faked on that, or they wrote their own things, mm-hmm. which is a little less awesome, but right? it's still pretty. It's right. it's just fun seeing people read and stuff, and, and I like their parts where they go on the street. And ask people like total bullshit questions just to see what they'll right. say. Or like one, I think they went to Coachella and they just kept asking people if they saw certain bands and yeah, they just made up all shit. of them. It's like hash brown yeah. legs. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it because you got all these fucking hipsters <laughs> that want to be like trendy. And right, shit. right. They don't want to admit they don't know a band because yeah. they have to be so cool. Right. But, they're just like, oh, they're very progressive, and they're just, uh, you know, they've really changed the sound <laughs> right. of music forever. It's like. Just they sizzle. They sizzle. Yeah, yeah. It's it's 
but like I think like, late night's all going towards that where it's all like viral segments or just like creating content and that's what Letterman was least suited for especially later on in his career like he used to have more like segments but eventually it became just kind of his personality driving the whole show yeah and uh yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens with Colbert. Do you think that you think that's kind of one of the main reasons he decided to retire now? Or? Maybe partially, and I mean he's is, he, he's like older. The, he has a yeah. family now. Like he right. he didn't have a family for most of his career, and or uh, now you know he's had a kid for I think it's kids like I want to say like seven or something like that, and yeah, he just wants to get away. Fair enough. Yeah, can't can't blame him on that. Right. Anyway, that's probably yeah, all I have like on that. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the other story that I thought was kind of interesting, uh, just posted a couple days ago, about Maggie Gyllenhaal talking about how hard it is to be, like, an actress or an older actress being 37 in Hollywood and being turned down for the role of a love interest for a 55-year-old. And, I mean, like, you hear this stuff a lot about how, like, how sexist Hollywood is. And, like, it's... You know, you can see it pretty easily in all sorts of movies and TV shows where you have older guys and younger women. But, like, that's just crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I mean... For a 55-year-old. In all fairness, she's younger. Like, 20 years young. That's still... Yeah, and she doesn't look old. No. <laughs> like, no. Maggie Gyllenhaal's a good-looking woman. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't get it right? at all, but... We need Miley Cyrus. We need Miley Cyrus to play... <laughs> 55-year-old love interest. <laughs> right. Because, you know, otherwise, like, I guess he's just settling. I know. <laughs> For 37. He's... he's <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I just thought of that monologue in The Wedding Singer that Alan Covert is like, mm-hmm. man, you know what happened to Fonzie and Vinny Barbarino? They got fucking old, man. <laughs> Nobody wants to see a 50-year-old guy hitting on chicks. I don't <laughs> <laughs> but it's totally like that in yeah. so many things. And you never see it the other way around. Right. Where it's just like an older woman. Like a, if you had a 55-year-old woman as the lead of a movie and you're casting a love interest and like the guy was 37, they'd be like, no way. Right. But for the opposite reason. Right. Where they'd be like, there's no way that the guy would go after a 55-year-old. <laughs> and like that, um, it's kind of fucked up. Um, no, I'm, I know some guys that... <laughs> That would fuck anything. Right. I, I, it, yeah. It would, it would either be that that would never happen, or the whole point of the work would be, like, she's a cougar. Right. Like, cougar there's... Cougar town. Right. Well, and, <laughs> I mean, even that show, after, like, a few episodes, was like, this is dumb. Right. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, it was, like, I was... Because I was kind of... Because it was Scrubs. I like Scrubs. Well, so well I, I mean, like, the shot. premise of the show yeah. changes after five episodes or so. Really? They just decided, no, it's this is dumb. We don't want to make it about a cougar. We're going to make it just about these characters and this mm. cul-de-sac. Yeah. So it became, like, a hangout comedy, kind of. Ah. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just, it is sad. And, like, like it, that's, a, that's, like, a example you can look at exactly. Or, like, and be like, yeah, that's... That's wrong. <laughs> like that's, yeah. That shouldn't be that way. 20, 20 years, like her or his junior. Like yeah, if I'm fifty five and I get a thirty seven year old, I'm gonna be pretty stoked. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm probably I'm I'm aging like a keg of beer. So like I mean, <laughs> well, like, it's, fucking, it's funny. Know, like it's funny too. Look at this alongside the new Bond movie where uh, Monica Bellucci's the new love interest, and yeah. she's like fifty. Yeah. So they actually have like an age appropriate. <laughs> relationship for James Bond of all people. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, if that can happen, then... James Bond in a monogamous relationship with well, it doesn't have to be monogamous, but but age appropriate would that be? <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's a movie about that. He's like all passive aggressive, like turning a shootout. Like, you never listen to me anymore. <laughs> well, have you uh, you've never seen a or have you seen Majesty's Secret Service or Honor Majesty's Secret Service? No, the George Lazenby. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, not. a good movie. Really, like one of the better Bond movies. But apparently, he just like pissed on everybody's shoes or something. That's why he never made it. People, album. well, people were. He was the first person to portray a different James Bond, or like other than John, Sean Connery. So, yeah. because he wasn't Connery, people were upset about it and like just immediately kind of just turned on him. Yeah. So yeah, Majesty's Honor, Majesty's Secret Service is uh, it's a movie where James Bond gets married. What? Yeah, but not until like the end. But yeah, oh. it's, a, it's um, 
Uh, what? Why can't I think of that actress's name? Uh, Emma Peel. Uh, what the fuck? But yeah, it, it's that's how it James ends. James Bond can't get married. He has to just sip, you know, martinis, yeah. shaking, not stirred. Yeah, Diana Rigg. Is have every STD known to man. That's what James Bond does. But yeah, the movies he ultimately plans to settle down, but then she gets killed because it's a James Bond movie. Ah! But it, not until like the very last scene. So it's just like a bummer ending where he gets married, they're off, and then yeah, the bad guys just show up in a drive-by and like kill her, and then it's like over. <laughs> it's like, well, damn, like that's a tragic thing. But but <laughs> then they just like totally. Yeah. They totally just like, oh, that happened. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, he basically cries himself in the car, which is totally on James Bond type of thing, too. Right. But, but yeah, like, it, it's a movie that actually, like, tried to take him seriously as a character and, like, bring in uh, someone else who's, like, she, like, Diana Rigg is great in that movie. Yeah. She, like, it doesn't always make sense. Like, she just kind of shows up places that she shouldn't necessarily be. Like, it, but it, but it's... It's and there's a whole like you know he's not monogamous throughout most of the movie, like he he's he's at I, I shit you not an aller the cover of this place is that it's an allergy research center in like the Alps or something and so there's it's all just beautiful women in this research center run by uh, uh, Blowfield or Blowfield. He runs this place, and it's, they're really mind controlling these women so that then they can activate them as like sell assassin people later on and stuff but but yeah, because it's a James Bond movie and right. of course they are but but yeah it, Denise Richards shows up and we're like what what are you doing here I don't even know it's it's very similar to all that Christmas but, Jones you need to call but like the the stuff with him and Diana Rigg is really pretty good anyway to go way back yeah uh, monogamy they've done it in, sort of in Bond but only for like a scene <laughs> uh, but yeah like age appropriate stuff even less so because right. like it it, get, it always gets weirder because like they'll start out with like a Bond that, that's like not not like a spring chicken but like he's not like an old man and then they stick with that actor long enough that by the end of their run they are right. and it just gets weird <laughs> like <laughs> like really uncomfortable how old or, or they are versus their love interest like Roger Moore by the end of it is like just ancient <laughs> and like Sean Connery too like all the latter Bond movies of every actor just gets kind of Weak because they can't do that much. Right. Like, like the reason Sean Connery was gonna like retire uh, with uh, before Honor Majesty's Secret Service is because he was old and he didn't want to do it anymore. Right. So when that movie flopped and George Lazenby only wanted to do one anyway, yeah. uh, they're like, "Well, let's bring back Sean Connery." So he comes back for one movie after that, and it's just weak. Like, Which one is that? It's uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Mm. It's not a very good movie <laughs> but but it was after that that they're like everybody's like oh, okay yeah i guess you should get a new bond huh <laughs> but that's my bond aside i've watched too many bond movies lately and i could talk way too much about the bonds if, if given the opportunity so so going back yeah it's it's just crazy how sexist hollywood can be on all that. <laughs> going way back yeah we're just um I don't know. So that's what. So that's the whole thing. Is Monica Bellucci is still hot? That's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula. I'd have been the first one dead. She, yeah. She would have killed me. I mean, I remember talk back in like Matrix Reloaded when people were like, "Yeah, she's like forty and she's in that movie." Yeah. So yeah, still <laughs> nice. Good for you. Yeah, that's that's uh, impressive, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but but still, you know, weird out elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, so you want to talk about remakes uh, and stuff like that? Yeah, because uh, I was like, I had no desire to really see Mad Max. Really, mm -hmm. um, I liked the first, the original two. Yeah, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome kind of fucked that movie. I don't know. In the eighties, when they got to the third one, the third one just gets ridiculous. Yeah, like so, stupidly bad. So Reba and I, we we saw the new one, but we also watched the first three beforehand because mm -hmm. like I'd seen them, but it'd been a while. Yeah, and yeah, I'm totally with you. Like no, the first two are great. Yeah, the third one is like what the fuck. Well, it's not that? even. It doesn't even seem like it has the same purpose as the first two. Yeah. Like, uh, well, I mean, to be fair, I guess even Mad Max and uh, Road Warrior feel like 
like Road Warrior is just straight up like an action chase movie. Yeah. Like yeah, he's trying to help this town and it has kind of the Seven Samurai like right. thing to it. But here's Mad Max with a budget. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it like, really is. Yeah. But like Mad Max kicks ass too. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, the first one's a shit. There's there's a lot of really good like like it, it, for me it's just nice to see movies that are that have like you know these crazy destructive chase scenes and it's not just all cgi right like you, they put so much effort into those movies and like just just seeing like shit just fall apart right. <laughs> and all that it's it's a lot of staging it's like really dangerous for stunt people like sure. there's just so much coordination oh yeah um, and like uh when i was shooting the episode of shameless i did that we had like a stunt coordinator yeah. for the fight and uh he he became a stunt coordinator because he used to be a stunt man, mm-hmm. and then he was—he almost died during "Don't Mess with the Zohan." Yeah, and like yeah, I get about that, which would have been depressing. It would have <laughs> been, been the for, worst last movie. I know, right? It'd been like Stanley Kubrick's last movie with eyes wide shut. It's like, oh, dude, he had such a good filmography. What the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> and like, and because uh, like I guess he was like supposed to be running out of a building that explodes yeah and like nobody told like nobody cued him so he was in a house that explodes yeah <laughs> and was like jesus christ and like i guess got set on fire the whole way he's like yeah so i was like i'm kind of done with stunt man i was like yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah <laughs> like jesus christ yeah, it can be dangerous like you know, if everybody's doing their jobs properly it's all safe but you know, it all it takes is like one person to one, screw up. One person to shit in the punch bowl. That's all it takes with everything, man. But, but yeah, like, it, those were both really impressive movies mm-hmm. from a stunt and action coordination. And, and from a. Sim- what are we talking about? The, the first two Mad Maxes. Okay, gotcha. Like, uh, cinematography is really good, especially Road Warrior, where they have okay. all sorts sorts of shots are like kind of going like obviously the camera is along with it or you know they have something that's keeping up with everything but oh, yeah it's mo- like it's moving all over like between things you get under shots to the side and like sure it's, oh especially i mean that's pre-cgi so yeah that's just a lot of work right and they're really cool movies beyond the thunderdome though yeah it well first of all it's pg-13 right and uh oh it was that's the first one the first what? The first one of R-rated movies that are PG-13. <laughs> they started it. Fuck you, Mad Max. I, I, uh, I'm Mad sure. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I'm sure there's something. Other, I don't know. I'm Maybe. talking. I'm talking movies that like right. The they first were an R-rated R, franchise, and then, and then like they, they moved out get, later. Yeah. Maybe that, that has to be the first. RoboCop kind of did it with three. But yeah, but I, RoboCop that was after, came right? out. Yeah, it came out well, yeah, after Mad Max. Was Mad Max. First Beyond Mad Max was 79. Uh, Road Warrior was 81. Beyond Thunderdome was 85. 85? So, and oh, yeah, the third Robocop came out like 94. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, Cause, yeah. Yeah, because I remember... Because uh, like everybody in Sons of Anarchy is like in Robocop. For that, that would be an early example then. Yeah. Uh, also, Beyond Thunderdome just hasn't aged as well. Yeah. It's like it's... So it's it's so eighties. Like, uh, yeah, all, I was the, about to all say, the Tina Turner stuff. That the, beyond yeah, they have two different original <laughs> Tina Turner songs, including one called "Beyond Thunderdome" that plays during the credits. It's pretty funny. And, awesome. And like it, it seems really like preoccupied with just being a weird like post-apocalyptic world, right? And less with being an interesting or exciting movie. Like the last chase scene in uh, Beyond Thunderdome is pretty good. Yeah, but like I need to see that one again. I haven't seen that. Yeah, up until then, probably fifteen years. It's like kind of boring. I watched that one when I was a kid, and I was like, "This is a piece of shit." Even when I was a kid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like that or Rambo three. You know, it's like fucking. uh, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I will give them that they do have two characters. Uh, It's a. uh, it's a little person and like a giant guy who's basically mute. The little guy is like in charge of everything there, and the big guy is just the muscle. Yeah. And they're called Master Blaster, <laughs> Master and Blaster, <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> that is the douchiest name I think I've ever heard in my life. Master Blaster, but it's such like a silly '80s like, like it's perfect for that movie. <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, Beyond Thunderdome sounds good. Fury Road kicks ass. Okay. <laughs> so, so you haven't seen it yet, right? No, I, I had no desire to. I was tired of remakes and sequels and everything. But then I've heard from mm-hmm. every. I've yet to hear a bad review. Yeah, I've heard it's just it will just kick you in the face and keep kicking you in the face. Yeah, 
And it, I was like, I want to get kicked in the face. Even on Rotten Tomatoes, it's at 98%. There yeah. are five negative reviews out of like 200-something. It's it's like overwhelmingly positive Damn. in the reception. Yeah, I mean, and fucking Tom Hardy's the shit. I've always liked mm-hmm. Tom Hardy. I mean... Uh, I was just, uh, I think, uh, I think this means war kind of made me cynical about it too. Oh yeah, because I was like, okay, Tom, Tom Hardy's getting paid. Like I'm not mad at him. Yeah, I just don't want to waste my like, two hours on a shitty movie that's a paycheck movie. Like, yeah, this one's not. Yeah. It, this one was hell to shoot. Yeah. from the sounds of it, they did it in like the Namib- Namibian desert, I think. Mm-hmm. And everybody's t- or all the actors have talked about what a nightmare it was and how miserable the whole time. Tom Hardy actually came out and apologized to George Miller like this last week because he's like, yeah, I said a lot of things about how miserable an experience it was and you know how myopic it was or it felt like it was just like for nothing. He's like, now I've, now I've finally seen the movie. He's it, like, I wanted more information about the movie I was shooting and bugged him about that a lot. He's like, I now understand that it w- would have been completely impossible for him to explain with words what he was doing and why these things were all important. He's yeah. like, this is amazing, you know, it's a masterpiece, it's cool, <laughs> I'm okay. Nice. And, yeah, like, it's, a lot of people I've been talking about, like, it's one of the best action movies ever made. Like, Jesus. not just, and I, like, I don't know if I'd quite go that hyperbole yet, just because I've only seen it once, and it's a brand new movie, and some, sure. sometimes, like, you need the time to really let something settle and decide right. whether it's one of the best you've ever seen. But it's incredibly impressive. Yeah, isn't it? It's weird that we're just so CGI'd now that's like, whoa, real shit. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, and I mean, there, there's CGI in it, but it's sure. not. It, like, in my review, I wrote. It's not Transformers. No. <laughs> it, it wanted. It's, there's not that much. Like, George Miller said maybe about like 10% of the action and effects are CGI. And that's how it should. I mean, in all yeah. fairness, like. Because in all fairness, CGI is a great tool because mm-hmm. it does stuff. It can have that is for that is impossible. Yeah, like, it can bring the impossible to possible. Like there's a sandstorm thing early in the movie that's like it's like a sandstorm that's like on fire in like a storm and like it you couldn't really do that practically. Yeah. So it makes sense to do that. Yeah. The the way I wrote in my review was that like a lot of directors look at CGI as a crutch. Yeah. Like it's just like we're gonna do this in CGI and George Miller looked at it more like a toolbox. Yeah. So he was like, Okay, how can I make this world feel more distinct? And like a lot of it's just like digital colorization. Like there's a lot of coloring work in that movie to make it feel the way it does, but it's not just like a half assed Transformers. Right. It's not like Transformers where it's just like everything's blue and yellow because that way there's a lot of contrast. Like it's it is a red, really red world, but but like his whites and his blues are like really really distinct. <laughs> like you, you know what I'm talking about though, right? I never really like put my finger on it until you just said everything's blue and yellow. It, every it's fucking, fucking but so many movies do that. Like yeah. it's not just Transformers. Like yeah. somewhere in the last decade people decided that we want, you know, things on the opposite end of the color spectrum. Yeah. And uh, the easiest way to do that is to do yellow and blue because the sky is blue, skin tones are sort of yellowish. That way, there's high contrast in every scene and it feels exciting. But it makes every movie look and feel the same. And, like, poster <laughs> designs are like that half the time now. There's so many blue and yellow posters. And yeah, man, pretty colors. Pretty colors, popcorn, pretty colors. Yeah. No so, thinking. No th- thinking hurts. Thinking hurts, and it's hard. So, like, Mad Max, <laughs> like, Mad Max, like, there are, there are a lot of reds and oranges and stuff because it's meant to be feel, like, oppressively hot and, like, like dehydrating, kind of. Because, like, the whole way that the bad guy rules is that he has, like, this underground cache of water basically like so he can just like shoot out water all these people and make them worship him as a he's nestle (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like that yeah Uh, but uh, so but like they they get away from that in really smart ways in other scenes or like Mm. uh, there's like the marshlands and stuff which like is a small part of the movie but like afterwards ends up being fairly significant and like the way that looks and the way that's colored is a lot different Mm. Like, there's a lot of thought into just, like, the look of every frame. Sure. And I guess, like, uh, hearing about, from the editor, like, he, uh, George Miller had him, like, slow down and speed up a lot of scenes in a way that you don't really notice that much, but because, like, he wanted everything to be easily comprehended by the audience. Like, he didn't want it, he didn't want 
to be like Transformers, where yeah. like every two seconds or less Sherlock there's a cut Holmes. and there's just like constant stuff everywhere, but right. it's just the sense of mayhem rather than like a cohesive action scene. Gotcha. Like if, if there was a shot that he did and he felt like it was hard to make out, he would purposely slow it down, but just to the degree where it's he didn't Sherlock Holmes it. No, no, yeah. he didn't. And he, yeah, he didn't. It's not like the movie goes into slow mo. Yeah. It's just that he does it in a way that you don't even perceive it because yeah. it, he just wants it to be. It wants him to make sense. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, because in all fairness, I think just big action movies. Big action movies just have been have gotten lazy in the last ten years, and it kind of, I don't know, it, it kind of bums me out. So mm-hmm. now I really want to see this movie to see if it's. It's back like remember the old school movies that we had growing up like <laughs> back in our day yeah man we know, all these kids are along feel like we're old yeah but like but it's true like action movies were the shit when we were kids and yeah. now they're fucking awful yeah and I, I I would say that the last few years have had some pretty great examples like they're they're diamonds in the rough but you get things like the raid movies or mm, like sure. like i thought kingsman was really good i've mentioned that I, before. yeah you still and dude, uh, i was like god really i mean yeah. i just it was like god damn it it's wanted with more english no, people i'd say it's i'd <laughs> say it's more like kick ass with a lot of like clever subversions of the james bond formula yeah. but uh it's but yeah there there have been some really good action movies but there there's been a lot of junk too a lot yeah. more junk and this this one is just like really notable for how much work went into everything. Right. It, because yeah, if there was anything, if it if it was remotely possible to stage it, it like with actual vehicles and stunts and people, he did it. Like nice. there are actually people swinging left and right on poles off of vehicles and like strapped to things and like. What are you talking about. Yeah, and uh, he. Like, there's even... I, you've probably seen trailers and commercials where you've got, like, the guy with a guitar flamethrower. No. Because <laughs> that's all. Yes. It's just a thing in the movie. How it's, very Robert Rodriguez. It's not like... A, I, love the, I love that he hasn't bothered to, like, try to explain or give it a story. Like, he gave the guy a backstory or the actor. But for the movie, there's just one shot early on. And, like, it's, it's a continued motif in the movie that, like, you're going up the back of a truck... And there's all these people on all these drums, just banging drums and stuff. And it gets over the top, and there's these massive speaker sets. And in front of it is a guy with an electric guitar, just shredding. And then the end of the guitar is just shooting out like napalm. Nice. All of it was real and practical. The, it, not, not even just like to look that way. And George Miller insisted that the guitar was actually real and playable. Yeah. So the guy's actually playing guitar. The speakers are actual real functioning speakers the output noise even though he's gonna dub it all over right. and like the people are really on these drums in the back doing it the camera's really craning over it all while everything's moving with all these vehicles in the background it's just insane jesus oh <laughs> uh, yeah but yeah great really clever like uh choreography even even like the smaller scenes are like really there's an attention to how it's actually gonna play out rather than just throwing chaos at the screen yeah that i really liked huh <laughs> I need to find a theater then. Yeah, yeah. I I'd see it again, man. Yeah. <laughs> got got all week off night, uh, work. I'll go see <laughs> Mad Max again. Yeah, is there a cheapy movie theater around here? Oh, I mean, not one that's probably playing it. Oh, like, okay. cheapest you're probably gonna find is like ten bucks. Oh, okay. So, but but yeah, I just didn't want to pay like arc light prices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where we saw it. But yeah, I was like, I would love to go there, but I just don't feel like it's expensive. Eighteen bucks or whatever it is now. Yeah. What is it now? Like. Um, 18, 20? I, with my membership, I think it's like fourteen fifty. Yeah, that's, it's that's the deal. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the dollar off. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you really I saved was, a lot. I felt like an old man recently because like I was at work and like the front desk kid, he's like twenty one, mm-hmm. and like and I mean, granted, it was KC to LA prices, but yeah. I was like. I remember when fucking movie tickets were like three seventy five. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I remember when AMC changed the student pricing from six fifty to eight fifty and being like, "This is a horseshit." Right. <laughs> now it's like, yeah, fourteen fifty, sure. Right. They want, and they wonder why people don't go see movies that regularly. Right. It's kind of expensive. Yeah, it's like, and well, that yeah, I mean, fucking expensive, and TV's just way better right now. Yep. Yeah. So, TV is really, really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so it was, Mad Max is kind of an outlier in the whole remake reboot thing. Yeah. Like, 
It, but it's also kind of a weird case where like the original creator is coming back to it. Like the guy mm-hmm. who directed is the guy who directed all three of the first movies. George Miller. Yeah, oh, I did not know that. Yeah, he did all of them. Uh, I, I still wish that they had sold this because you know they sold it as like from the director and writer Mad Max. I think it would be hilarious if instead they had sold it as from the director of Babe Two, Pig in the City, <laughs> and Happy Feet <laughs> comes. <laughs> The guy's, like, he's been all over the place. Like, the last, since since 1998, the only movies he's made are Happy Feet and Happy Feet 2. That's awesome. And he comes back and does Fury Road. That's amazing. <laughs> God damn it. I want him to do that with every movie now. Yeah. Fucking, <laughs> from Catherine Bigelow, the director of Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a serious movie. Uh, well, I mean, I guess they didn't really sell Hurt Locker that way, right? Because no. they're very different movies. Yeah. I, you're right, yeah. It would be, be really fun if everything was, like, <laughs> the least characteristic movie they could possibly sell it on. I, I have a bit that I do about that. I was like, I'm just, like, kind of bored with movies. I, I just want to see some weird shit. <laughs> I, I don't care how weird you get. Like, I want to see, like, a scene where, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger has AIDS and Sylvester Stallone is like, you were always there for me. And he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> and like you got my 1050. Did you ever, uh, <laughs> like, did you ever see that photo of them in, like, hospital beds next to each other where they're both going through surgery or something? No. It was weird. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> it's, it's that movie. Yeah, basically. I want to see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give me, come on, come on, Hollywood. They're yeah. old enough. The Why problem, not? The problem is, Arnold nobody would Alzheimer's. Actually, like, nobody would awesome. pay to see it. <laughs> I would. But, yeah, like the closest you get that to movie that movie would make ten fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that, that movie. Would be its box but I office. I would like Netflix it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, that would be like my Lucy, where I'm like, this looks stupid, but maybe it's really entertaining. And then I watch it on Netflix, and it's like, this is just stupid. Oh, man. That's the bad thing about it, because there's some movies that are so bad that it's great. Like No Holds Barred with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah. we fucking great. I think we but talked about that last yeah, week. Yeah. And, uh, or, but then there's, uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, 6900 Transylvania. Um, it's with no. early Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum's oh. probably 29. And uh, the guy... Uh, <laughs> that, that is quite a movie to pull out of a hat. Yeah. <laughs> it, but it's just not even good bad. It's yeah. just bad. And it's got like... And then it's got uh, the guy from Arrested Development with no eyebrows. who His hair always... He's got like that weird hair disease. And like he's always wearing... Uh, Sitwell. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, he, so he's like probably 29, maybe 35. Oh, wow. And he's the guy who believes in all the supernatural stuff, and Jeff Goldblum's just cool Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. doesn't believe in it. Yeah. And it's just awfully bad. It's like, <laughs> God damn it. I was like, this looks so bad, it's good, but it's just bad. I, I want to believe, just based on what you said there, that someone saw that movie and was, like, casting for Jurassic Park and was like, that guy seems like he'd be good with science. <laughs> just yeah. as a skeptic. But... Uh, yeah, it, there's there's two types of like bad movies. They're the ones that like are like know that they're just gonna be silly and like run with it, and they're they're technically not even bad then because like they're achieving exactly what they want to achieve. Fair enough. It, like something like Crank, where it's just retarded, but right. <laughs> but it's Crank, so it's okay. Right. And, and, like it's all just driving a ridiculous movie and they're like the people making it know it's ridiculous all right and then there are those movies that like really set out to do something great and failed <laughs> so horribly that it's hilarious like like birdemic is I, it shocks me that someone tried to make that a good movie but it's amazing <laughs> the way it is <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen Birdemic yet. No, I haven't. You need to watch Birdemic. I, I, I need to write a list of all the movies. I, I'm like, Jason, you, <laughs> these, these are the most important films of the last decade. Birdemic. Yeah. And <laughs> We're going to do a disclaimer for everybody that if you watch these movies, make sure you're fucked up. <laughs> like, don't do it sober. <laughs> I, I'm Jason Edgar, and I approve that. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> like, like Birdemic is so hilariously awful that like I it's just funny to me either way. The Room is one that I think is harder to watch sober or without some sort of commentary. <laughs> <laughs> the Room is just awful, but but Birdemic like it's just funny. <laughs>
Yay. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. That's it's a hell of a drug. <laughs> that's that is the only way those movies could get made. That's the only way. I I, I refuse to it believe was, that they're all just sober. Well, Birdemic exists because of the, you know, new breakthroughs in clip art. <laughs> like so with birds that just repeat the same like ten frame animation over and over and over again. <laughs> Oh my god, that's awesome. It's great. There have been a lot of remakes and reboots, going way back to that, that have been pretty weak lately, but yeah, Mad Max is totally yeah. worth seeing. <laughs> but yeah, like you see something like, like again, like Mad Max works also because it's, like, it is a new story and they're like really trying to make it a great thing on its own. Mm. A lot of remakes just seem to be like... Hey, taking, remember, remember this movie ten years ago? We're, we're gonna go do again. it the same way, but right. we're just gonna put new modern technology in it occasionally. Right. Like Poltergeist, like the trailer looks—it's like it's Poltergeist again. Yeah. Like nothing wrong with Poltergeist; it's a great movie. But it's like, did we really need to just make that again with right. plasma TVs? Right. <laughs> or, or uh, oh, you got and then you got all the, you got all the, like fucking Jackie Earl Haley doing Freddy Krueger. You got all the fucking reboots on that. Yeah, and like that kind of missed the point of what was fun about those movies. Yeah, it was like really dark and serious. It's like um, Nightmare on Elm Street was pretty campy and yeah like, that like he 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 spoke in puns all the time and <laughs> especially like, as it went on yeah but yeah and um and uh, it was very it was like tales from the crypt and freddy krueger would hang out together yeah you know? like I, I don't know i i guess that's one where it's like it if they'd gone even more or even further from the source material it might have worked out better and mm. uh, where that that way they could at least kind of make it this their own thing but they still have him like wearing the same shirt and a hat and just with different burn makeup and a different actor and more serious and it's like the same plot and some of the same characters as the first movie isn't it i i've never I saw think, the new one yeah i didn't either <laughs> i didn't had no desire yeah i was just like just, it just didn't interest me i love J- jackie early haley too and i was like i understand you got paid that's cool mm-hmm. like <laughs> i'm mad at you yeah but but yeah, like I, I feel I like I don't want to waste my two hours because of your paycheck. Yeah, I feel like if you're gonna do a main major property, you gotta do something interesting right. with it. Because that's what I mean. That's why people do those sh- shit. Like, like even uh, I don't know if you've seen like the Eat Your Hollywood story about Jaws. Oh like, yeah. The lead, like the wife in the first one of mm-hmm. Roy Schneider is the main in the Jaws: The Revenge, <laughs> and yeah. she said like point blank. So I was like reading the script. I was like, wow, this is a piece of shit. How much are you paying me? Oh my god. Hold on. I, there's a great quote about Jaws 4. What movie is this? Oh, it's a horrible movie. Oh, that movie, yeah, it's um, awful. But it's, it, like, it's got it's Michael Caine and fucking Mario Van Peebles who, like, did good things. Yeah, <laughs> like, so this is a quote from Michael Caine. Uh, hold on. Uh, yeah, uh, somebody asked him if he'd ever seen Jaws the Revenge or Jaws yeah. for the Revenge his response was I've never seen it but by all accounts it is terrible however I have seen the house that it built and it is terrific yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> it's like it, I, I love that like if you're gonna take a paycheck you might as well own it right. <laughs> like but, it, but yeah going back to sequels fucking the third and fourth Jaws are What's the point? Amazingly bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. The last scene in Jaws 3, where like it's supposed to be 3D, so it's just like cruising. Uh-huh. And it's just like the shark is floating, 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 and then it just like kind of breaks the glass just enough to where it just goes, <laughs> And then it stops. The shark stops for the glass to break for 3D, 80s 3D. <laughs> It's amazing. Awesome. It is amazing. I, I I don't think I've ever watched that movie all the way through. Or Revenge. The third one? Yeah. Or the fourth one? Fourth one, yeah, because the shark uh, is taking a personal vendetta. Right, right. The shark it's has the motivation. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a shark that eats people because it wants food and it's a predator. It's a shark. Yeah, it's hunting. Hunting those people yeah. who killed its family. <laughs> and how they know that that's the shark isn't I don't even know. Yeah, they just know. They're just like, well, obviously, obvious. the shark is trying to come after us. I mean, come on, 
Yeah, I don't plan on seeing that one anytime soon. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you do, though, smoke a joint. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yeah, huh? definitely smoke a joint. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> so, I'm trying to think of other recent, like, good reboots and remakes, or ones that were successful. Because, like, it, it depends how far back you go, I guess. Yeah, I mean... Like, they're... Most of the ones that have been, like, the best movies have been the most unnecessary. Yeah. Like, Let the Right One In's remake, Let Me In, was, like, well done, but it just doesn't need to exist. Another, maybe it's maybe it was Michael Caine's on the computer, but, like, I, I liked uh, Alfie, which you love, but that came out, like, ten years ago. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed that movie, but, I mean... Yeah, not a lot. Yeah. Uh, it, like, Dawn of the Dead was pretty good way back now. Right. Now that's almost like 15 years old or something. Oh, the... The Zack Snyder remake of it. It was like, it was a good horror oh, movie. Oh, like it was just and shit? Yeah, it was just yeah. a different version. Right. Like, it wasn't going for the same stuff as the original, which is why it was allowed to just be its own success. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. I hope Jurassic World's good. <laughs> I hope Star Wars is good. Like, I, I bet the new Star Wars is going to be pretty good. I just don't know how necessary it is to just churn out new Star Wars movies every year once that starts. Uh, but, yeah. It's going to happen. No, it's, it's, like, literally there is a Star Wars movie scheduled for the next six years every year from that point. For the next six years? Because they they're going to do Episode Seven, and they're going to do, like, uh, it, I think it's called Rogue One or something. It's going to be, like a side story they're gonna be what they're calling the anthology movies where they're just about like something else so then so like little standalone star wars movies about different characters so it'll be rogue one then episode eight the next year and then probably the boba fett movie and then episode nine then another anthology movie and they'll just keep going jesus christ (laughs) keep going i don't have enough time ross because i'm gonna watch now you see me too yeah. That's what I'm going to do. So this is another thing uh, we talked about right before the podcast. There's not only going to be Now You See Me 2, there's Now You See Me 3 that was just <laughs> greenlit. Because people were so thirsty for another Now You See Me after the first one that they don't even need to see the second before the studios know it'll be profitable. And, like, I don't know. I don't even know that many people saw that movie. I, I watched it on HBO because, yeah, uh, like, I, I, I actually, I stole it. the first, um. like, few minutes I thought were pretty good. Like, yeah. I liked the intro to all the characters. Yeah. But pretty much everything after the intro is just, like, getting worse and worse. And as the worst ending. Yeah. Like, it's it's really awful. So, like, by the end of it, there's no desire to see another one. But it made enough money at the box office, I guess, that... I want to look something up here. We're looking it up, Jason. Well, man, I want to see... No, I want to see what the user ratings are for now. You see, ah, okay. I want to see what, uh, I want to see what the average person. I'll, you want to take? A, let's take a guess. Oh, I, I'm going to go 38 percent. 71. 71. So that's that's the thing. We're out of touch. Is Fair audiences not. saw this and they're like, man, that twist ending. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty clever. I mean, it totally invalidated any drama that existed in the entire movie, <laughs> but really, really good stuff there. <laughs> I, I, I looked up. Uh, I mean, it, it had a good premise. Like, I was excited to see it. Like, when it's I not saw a bad trailer. idea, it's just nonsense but at the end. Jesus, Lucy got fucking 66%? 66% from critics. Oh, from, criti- from, from critics? From users, it was 47. From critics? Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's still not that high. Most, most of them were, I don't know. I think some people are just like, well, at least it has stuff on its mind. Like, it's trying to be hot-minded. It's just incredibly dumb. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> I can't even tell you. Or I could, but I'd have to list a bunch of examples, and I did that in my review anyway. Which will be up on Monday at mediummashup.com. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. That's amazing. Off topic again. Uh, I, I, I just think there should, you know, if you're going to do something, hopefully there's some sort of creative impulse on for it, and it's not just, like, to get Make name money. recognition. Like, yep. And I don't think Mad Max was the kind of property that would have, like, gotten a lot of name recognition anyway. Like, uh, the people... Yeah, or older would be interested in the idea, but like the current generation aren't gonna really care. Right. No, yeah, Mad Max wasn't that big. It's, yeah. It's not like Terminator. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. Um, Which they're also. Hey. Reading. And 
I'm, that's I want to be optimistic about that, but I don't know. About that, that that's gonna be a piece of shit. Did you see the second trailer? No, I'm not going. I won't. To. I won't talk about it on here because because <laughs> the trailer fucking spoils that huge part of the movie that shouldn't have been in that's, the trailer. There's the the perfect example of like why I wanted to talk about this mm-hmm. and like why I wanted to talk about Mad Max being so good because like that is the very definition. Of like Jesus Christ, Arnold's like fucking eighty five years old. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to judge it until I've seen it. I'm, I'm and, I am. I'm gonna Meg- judge it. It's a pile of shit. I'm, I'm holding out a tiny bit of hope because no. Megan Ellison produced it, and she has a pretty good track record of producing good movies. So I don't know. Like maybe it's garbage, but and like the script. Or, like, the idea now, or now that I know, like, who the bad guy is and how they're doing that, it's like, give me a break, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll be better than I nope. think. No, no, it'll be a pile of shit. <laughs> so, with that optimism, uh, <laughs> anything else we nope. have on that? All nope. right. So Terminator's dead and we're alone. Aw. It'll, it'll go to the same graveyard as RoboCop. With, uh, <laughs> and, uh, no. Aw. God. PG-13 RoboCop. I know. It's just bad. Fucking, and that movie had Michael Keaton in it. I heard he's good in it. He's, he's the shit. He's a good bad guy. Yeah. But, because Michael Keaton well, is our savior. And I mean, yeah, I like... I'm starting a religion. I like Joel Kinnaman, too, but he's Ooh. the guy who plays RoboCop in it. Or he oh. was in The Killing, and he's pretty awesome in that Ooh. show. But I just had no interest in seeing it. That's, that's how I feel about a lot of them. But yeah, Mad Max... Mad Max kicks ass, so see okay. that. <laughs> anyway, that's probably about it for our show Yay! this week. Um, we'll catch you next week with maybe more Maybe topics. things to talk about. Or maybe, maybe we'll not. just go off topic for an hour again. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out Make for things us. happen, people. Okay? Make things happen so we can talk some shit. Yeah. Okay? That's not all creepy and weird. Yeah, yeah. Don't make us feel uncomfortable, people. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I do drugs to, you know... Get away from... Get away from weirdness. <laughs> Something like that. No. And just because they're fun. Yeah, that, that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next week.